Good day, everybody. Trevor Hall here with Mining Stock Daily with some market commentary. A pretty slow day in general when it comes to the metals and miners and explorers today. So we are going to spend a little bit of time focusing on the big picture. So who better to have in today than Peter Bookvar from the Book Report. Peter, uh, there's a number of economic data points that came out today. Uh, and th- it's a little bit, uh, you know, kind of back and forth contradiction to some of the big lagging economic uh, indicators we had in the jobs report and also CPI last week. Uh, you know, investors are trying to make sense of all this uh, with with the terrible news that came out of China and also the, the New York Fed's uh, Empire State uh, Business Conditions Index that was reported today. The markets are... I guess a little resilient and kind of brushing this off. But uh, let's focus on what some of that economic data is saying, starting with China. What's, what is your take with this, uh, with, with the conditions there in China? Well, well data-wise, we're, we're seeing the, the aftermath of uh, uh, distress in the residential real estate market, distress on the developer side and what that means for pricing and, and, and a lot of the wealth that's locked up in real estate in China. And then, of course, their COVID policy with the start and stop, start and stop. And how can you ever gain any economic momentum at all uh, when you, you are conducting this policy? So it should be no surprise that there are economic consequences to that. And we're certainly seeing that in the data that's then spilling over into commodity markets, at least right now. Then, of course, you throw in the recession likely in Europe. Uh, which will probably be reflected in Q3, Q4, whereas the UK has already started one, albeit slightly, in Q2. And then, of course, the uh, economic slowdown in the US. You, ha- you mentioned the empire manufacturing sector for August. It's actually the first August industrial number that we get. And uh, it was pretty ugly and uh, was well below expectations and the lowest level since May 2020, which says a lot considering what the world looked like in May 2020. We'll get the Philly survey on Thursday, which will either confirm what New York said or tell a different story, but uh, I think it's most likely that it probably tells a similar story. And then just confirmation that the housing market continues to slow sharply. Uh, the uh, home builder survey is now technically in contraction as the number for July fell to 49, with 50 being the cutoff point between uh, expansion and contraction. Now these these data points are coming after obviously kind of a blow you know good good blowout jobs numbers from a week and a half ago. Uh, I guess oh, a CPI print that came in lower than expected, albeit it's still eight and a half percent year over year inflation. Uh, as as you're kind of wading through these markets and watching markets reaction, you know how do you make sense of all this? It does kind of seem like markets are maybe getting a little bit ahead of themselves, even giving continue to see some of this hawkish messaging coming out of Fed members. Well, the the, the market rallies in the context of of an extremely uh, oversold dour sentiment type backdrop in the middle of June that um, historically is a good setup for a, a rally. And it's what we've seen. And the, the fundamental basis, you can argue, is we're seeing the peak in inflation. The numbers are beginning to, to moderate. And that means that just maybe the Fed may, uh, may not follow through with their aggressive monetary timing. Now, that, that's the thought process uh, for this rally. But I'm of the belief that it's, it's more just a, a bear market rally and that um, 
the, the next, next risk to this market is the, the economic consequences, the earnings consequences of the sharp rise in interest rates, the economic slowing that we've seen, and sharp fall in productivity, which leads to uh, a challenge for earnings growth. So, and, and if you sort of stage out what a bear market looks like, uh, this is sort of the second stage that we're just beginning with the first stage being multiple compression from the, the euphoric uh, highs. And then the third stage is when everyone throws in the towel. So I think that uh, we're really just only beginning the, the second stage. Hmm. Uh, I was curious about what you're seeing with liquidity at all. I mean, we are in the summer doldrums. Uh, this is usually pretty volatile time. Uh, but what are you seeing in regards to liquidity and cash moving in and out of positions? I mean, the, the, the markets with algos being uh, a, a large component uh, do get whipped around. Liquidity is is there when you don't want it, and is always the, I mean is 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 not there when you need it, and is always there when you don't need it. I guess um, you know, so it's hard to answer that. Uh, I think liquidity generally in, in 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 fixed income land has been negatively impacted by the Volcker rule. Uh, I think you can single handedly blame that for uh, even liquidity in the treasury market that that uh, is, is, is cited, particularly by the Fed, as, as a reason for why they did, one of the reasons why they did QE in, in March 2020 was to improve market functioning. Well, you know, it, the Volcker role in the Fed policy is why we didn't have healthy market functioning. But I, 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 I don't like to look too much at, at market volume to really tell me what's going on. It is the summer, so it's just naturally lower. Sure, absolutely. I, I'm just kind of curious. Let's let's look look ahead here at uh, the Fed meeting and, and where we're we're at here. I mean, obviously, you mentioned the, you and I both talked about this hawkish messaging coming out of Fed members. Uh, it seems like they're trying to tame expectations out of the market. And you know, it was funny because in the last few CPI prints, uh, the Biden administration uh, would come out and basically say, you know, expect inflation to be higher than anticipated. Uh, and that was it until last week when they had no similar messaging. And obviously, it came in a little bit lower. But on the back of that, you have the Federal Reserve members coming out and say, you know, let's, we still have a long ways to go with our tightening cycle here. So maybe you're not looking at the big picture. So giving this message from the Fed, and what we know about not fighting the Fed, this tightening cycle continues to seem to be in motion, but at what you know, at what granditude will it? Do you expect three quarters points? Do you would you expect a half a point, or you know, I mean, what would be the surprise here? I, I, I think the, the the surprise will be in where the Fed funds rate eventually ends up. Mm. Uh, when you think about the last forty years. Each rate hiking cycle, outside of one, ended below the peak of the previous rate hiking cycle. The only time it did not was when Greenspan raised rates in, in 2000 to 6.5%. Uh, that went temporarily above the previous peak. So the next rate hike in September of what I think will be 50 basis points will get back above where the Fed funds rate was in the fourth quarter of 2018 when it ended at a range of two and a quarter, two and a half. I think the question then is, what does the Fed do thereafter? And they'll continue to talk tough and that they want to get it to three and a half to four. Like, let's use Jim Bullard, okay? Mm -hmm. The 
sort of all over the place central banker, but a voting member, and happened to have been right on the inflation story more than his peers in terms of wanting to aggressively address it. And he's saying three and a half to four by the end of the year. So again, assuming they get to three in September, and then there'll be uh, two meetings thereafter, and whether it's a quarter or a half, that'll get him to uh, three and a half to four percent range that he wants. Uh, I have I have to believe though that well there's going to be a lot of economic data between now and then that can that can change that I think three percent is really the level that, that Powell will sort of comfortable with getting to and then he can sort of play it by ear thereafter uh, I don't think they they have that many rate hikes left after that one in September uh, I think that the the economic slowdown is going to um, create weak knees for them and. Uh, they'll be stopping their tightening on the rate side well before the, the, the rate of inflation gets back to near 2%. And I say on the rate side because quantitative tightening is ramping up to its max level in the next in two weeks, September 1st. It's going to $95 billion. So that's going to create its own uh, form of monetary tightening, which has proven to have uh, a pretty uh, direct impact on, on asset prices, both up and down. Where do you see people? What do you see people doing with their capital right now? It doesn't seem like there's very many safe places to go. Well, I'll <laughs> you know? speak for what we do. We we manage sure. money, so um, it, a, a lot depends on uh, one's time horizon. And and I say that because if you have, uh, and, you know, if you're an individual investor, I'm, I'm referring to, or or you know, a wealth management client of ours, if if you had a big expense. Uh, over the next year, and and that money's been in the stock market because you think you can, you can make some money uh, until you have to make that expense. Uh, that money should be in cash. Uh, I think in terms of, of portfolio construction, uh, in the context of those that don't need that liquidity and do have a time horizon, uh, you know, we're 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 in the strategies that I run, um, pretty um, positive still on on the commodity space. Uh, precious metals, energy, uranium, and uh, even still uh, owning tips in, in the fixed income environment, uh, fixed income uh, um, asset class. And also, I still think that um, value stocks are going to do pretty well relative to the to the growthy stuff. I think growthy tech, while well, a lot of the businesses uh, are, are, are pretty solid, I think valuations are still just way too high. And uh, people are going to are realizing that uh, no company is immune to an economic slowdown, and um, and I, th I think that's been that's been the case. And this is also in the context of, of worries about economic growth in the back half of this year. We're already seeing a slowing, and I think uh, the, the profit margin degradation is going to be more of a story. Let me get your thoughts here on this on commodities. There, there was a pretty stiff correction here. Uh, it, a lot of people feel it's up in the air whether this bull run in commodities can continue anywhere from energy to the metals. Um, a lot of this is hinging on a dollar as well. You know, how are you kind of watching the, the in general the commodity sector? What is the catalyst that might get this bull move back into motion? Uh, it's a good question. Uh... I, well, I think with, with at least the precious metals, because I'll look at them sort of differently than I would look at mm -hmm. crude oil or copper, uh, 
I, I think the, the 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 positive will be when the Fed stops raising rates, and uh, we're, we're at least we don't have to wait for the exact stop, but when they start to hint at uh, stopping, or they at the September meeting, or uh, the one thereafter, they only start raising 25, which means that after the short increase in, in rate hikes that, that peaked at 75 basis points, two quarters, uh, two meetings in a row, and then moderated to 50, and then if it moderates to 25, which again, I think will tell the market that they're closer to the end, uh, that'll be pretty um, bullish for gold uh, and silver and negative for the dollar. I think with um, more of the economically sensitive uh, commodities, uh, like the industrial metals, uh, I think we're going to need some, uh, I think the, the next positive catalyst could, could be if after the China Party Congress, uh, they, they get off this zero COVID policy. And uh, they do that because they need to, they, they need to start to uh, help the economy there and get off this nonsensical uh, COVID approach. That would be pretty bullish for industrial metals. Uh, in energy, yeah, we're going to see, we're seeing some slowing on the demand side, uh, but uh, in the context of a slowing global growth, but uh, you know, energy generally is, is at least parts of it are pretty inelastic, and I still think that the the big picture supply challenges uh, are going to remain with us for a while, and that uh, any notable pullbacks in energy should be bought. Uh, Peter, we've got a, a big meeting, big Federal Reserve meeting coming down the pipeline here. Uh, you know, up until then, what are some things you're going to be paying attention to leading up to that? Uh, what kind of messaging would you expect from the Federal Reserve? And, you know, I, I guess, you know, kind of how, how are you wading through these waters right now? I, I think the Fed is intent on talking and acting tough and, and acknowledging that, yeah, inflation is, is moderating. Of course, it's moderating because growth is slowing, but irrespective, it's still moderating off its mm -hmm. if it's of its extreme peak. But it's still very high, and they still have the Fed funds rate well below the rate of inflation. So I don't think they want to get into a situation where they back off too early. Markets get all excited, and the froth comes back, and growth reaccelerates, and inflation accelerates at the same time. You know, th then then they didn't then they sort of drop the ball. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's one, something that they're trying to avoid, and they're willing to, to inflict some economic pain in order to get there. Now, of course, if the unemployment rate all of a sudden goes to, from, goes to four, four and a half, from three and a half, uh, that may change their calculus in terms of how much economic pain they're willing to tolerate. But at least right now, as long as the unemployment rate, and I'm highlighting the unemployment rate, still remains below four, the Fed's going to be comfortable raising interest rates. They are going to be less paying attention to the New York Empire Survey or what GDP is. Uh, but once that unemployment rate starts to tick up, because they, they like to look in the rearview mirror, and uh, uh, th th then you can look for any particular uh, form of, of knees weakening or knees buckling mm -hmm. on the tightening side. The employment situation has been absolutely incredible to watch because we've seen absolutely low employment. It has been ticking up a little bit, but anecdotally, just watching and listening to companies who have went from hiring freezes just a month or two or three months ago to laying off individuals, uh, you, you kind of feel like it's it's turning. Do you feel the same way? Are you seeing the same thing? Because from where I sit, it just seems like this is natural progression. 
Well, certainly anecdotally, we're seeing that in, in many companies, mostly in tech-related businesses. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the airline industry can't find enough people. Uh, if you're running a hotel, you probably, it's not fully staffed. So there, there are some cross-currents. But if you look at initial jobless claims generally, the trajectory is higher. The four-week average is at the highest level since November. So the pace of firings, while on an absolute basis still pretty low, uh, the, the, the move has, is up. And um, that will, at some point soon, show up in a reduction in the pace of hirings, notwithstanding you know, the payroll number we saw a couple of Fridays ago. Mm -hmm. How about government jobs? I did notice in that jobs report that government positions was the major uh, hiring hiring sector of the of everything measured. Uh, that's not a very good sign, I don't think. No, it's not. But some of it in in the summer it's related to education jobs. Uh, so I, I I I think just it's just best to look at the private sector number within payrolls, and you can avoid uh, that that noise. Good, good advice. Good advice. All right, Peter, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate what you give us here at Mining Stock Daily. Uh, you hardly ever take a day off, I notice. So uh, hopefully you thanks, get a little time before the fall wraps I up. I don't, All right. but next week I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> good job. You better. You better. All right, that's Peter Bookvar, and that's uh, that's it for us today. Uh, we'll be back, be back tomorrow morning with the morning briefing. Take care, everybody. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.